Welcome into Triple Zeros. I'm your host, Josh Buckhalter. Uh, we're going to jump right into it, man, and get it going. Uh, first, we're going to do, of course, as we do every week, the Week 10 NFL, Week 11 NFL breakdown. We're going to fix that. Hold on. Can't be, can't be out here looking sloppy like that when I can adjust it, <laughs> when I can make it, uh, when I can fix it the way I need to. Um, yeah, so week, week 11 of the NFL got started tonight. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers took on the Cleveland Browns in a game that ended up, it was ugly to watch. Um, Browns won 21-7, but it got uh, even uglier uh, after Miles Garrett decided that uh, he would take off uh, Mason Rudolph, quarterback Mason Rudolph of the Pittsburgh Steelers, took off his helmet and uh, hit him upside the head with it. Now, there's a lot of video showing that Mason Rudolph actually uh, might have instigated the fight on the bottom of trying to pull off Miles Garrett's helmet because he did not like the sack that Miles Garrett put on him. He landed with him on his body weight, whatever the case may be. Um that's not acceptable either. But Miles Garrett put he could have killed him. So it's just it was a bad look. Like I said, it's a ugly end to an ugly game. Um it, it's one of those things that you kind of gotta see to to fully uh, get a grasp of, of what really happened. It was like I said, uh it was on a sack. Garrett drove him drove Rudolph to the ground. Uh Rudolph looked like he took exception, tried to grab Garrett's helmet off himself. Garrett took exception to to Rudolph trying to take off his helmet, got Rudolph's helmet off, and then was upside his head with it. Um, I don't mean to laugh because, like I said, it has no place in the game. But it was a wild scene. And then uh, center Marquise Pouncey of the Steelers came to defend his quarterback and, and put the put the flu flocks on uh, on Miles Garrett, man. Punches and kicks, so he's going to be suspended too. Garrett's probably going to be done for the year. Um, that's, that's, that's assault with a deadly weapon at that point. Um, I'm not sure how the, how that's going to work out for him, but at the very least, you would think he's going to be suspended for the year. That's just a wild, wild scene. Um, but moving on to the rest of the games, like I said, it was uh, 21-7 in that one. Um, ugly football. Mason Rudolph threw four picks. Uh, he did throw a touchdown. He was sacked four times. The Steelers lost James Conner. Uh, he re-aggravated his shoulder injury, came in saying that he wasn't 100%. They couldn't get much going on the ground. That seems to be the case a lot for them this year. It's just been a struggle offensively. And that defensive magic just wasn't there this time around. Um, for the Browns, uh, wow. Baker Mayfield had two touchdowns. He was sacked one time. Uh, Nick Chubb ran for 92 yards, no scores. They got Kareem Honeyball. He got six carries for 12 yards. He didn't really do much this time. He didn't do uh, – Nearly the damage he did on the, on the ground on the in the air before, but he did get six catches for forty six yards. They're getting him involved, so this is going to be a, a heavily rotated, heavily used backfield. So um, we're going to get used to seeing OBJ with more stat lines like four for sixty. He's going to have to get used to it. Well, this is going to be that uh, that test everybody was curious to see that you know if they're winning, but he's not getting the gaudy stats. Is he going to be all right? Um, time will tell. It, it was an ugly game, like I said, just ugly overall. Despite the scores from the Browns, it just didn't. Uh, it was it was just a, a slobber knocker, and to have it end that way was really upsetting because it's as ugly as it was. It's kind of what you expect from an AFC North battle such as this. So, 
that's just one put down. Like I, like I said, though, I think Miles Garrett's probably going to be done for the year. And uh, Pouncey, for all the valor that, that it is, you know, as, as admirable as his actions were, he's probably going to be done for some time. So you can't be running around punching and kicking people. That's just not going to be allowed. And then Mason Rudolph's probably going to there, – there's a, a, a good chance that he gets something too. He needs to, but we'll see how far the league decides to look into that and uh, how, how that goes for him. But uh, moving on to the rest of the schedule, it's not too many great matchups um, to look into. Uh, a lot of ones you pick the favorite in. We'll see what happens with the Jaguars, Colts. They do have get uh, Jacoby Brissett back. The Bills will try to get back to winning facing the uh, the Miami Dolphins, Broncos, Vikings. You expect the Vikings to come away with that when they are at home. Um, Saints, Bucks. You expect the Saints to come away. Um, the Jets and the Redskins. That's a, that's a going to be an ugly mess of a game. Dwayne Haskins is, is, has been named the starter for the rest of the season there, so that's something to look out for. Um, the Jets are just a train wreck right now. So that one team, the, the Jets are two and seven. The Redskins are one and eight. It's really not pick a favorite. It's pick a you know who, who's least bad. That's you know as, as bad a grandma as that is. This is as close to accurate as you can get with this one. Um, then you got the Falcons and the Panthers. You expect the Panthers to win that one after that ugly game that they uh, ended up losing last week. They uh, t- t- tried to take down the Falcons, who are probably feeling themselves at least a little bit. They took down the Saints. Stop their march. Um, then that I should have mentioned that that the Saints will be trying to get back to their uh, winning ways against the Bucks, which I would expect them to be able to against that poor secondary. Drew Brees is probably going to card them boys up. I would be a little nervous. They just released uh, Vernon Hargraves to the Bucks. Did that? That that was a weird decision to me because like you were already struggling in past. Well, I guess if he was there, you're struggling. You can't do much worse without him. I, I, but I don't know. It's it's one of those weird ones where maybe he was a problem or maybe he was a contributor. And now you're going to be even worse, which we'll, we will see against the Saints. But it's, it was an interesting decision nonetheless. Um, but the, the Falcons-Panthers game does feature Dark Horse MVP candidate Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm on record as saying I'm not sure he's going to – he he won't win it. If he makes finals, it'll be for posterity purposes. Just say, hey, look, he, was, he had a really good year and acknowledge that. But I don't necessarily think that you see him uh, – that you see him walk away with the MVP. Now, granted, he does have 989 yards. He's got every 5.3 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns. He's also got uh, 396 yards on 48 catches and three more touchdowns through the air. It's just a quarterback's award, and we have three really good quarterbacks and four in Aaron Rodgers and five of you if you really want to consider Patrick Mahomes to limit who's missed some games, so you probably don't. So, But it's just a hard – hard argument to give it to a running back, especially when the defense on that team is playing so well and uh, the quarterback was doing okay prior to um, just kind of showing you why he's still, you know, showing proving that he's still a younger and experienced guy, Kyle Allen, that is. The Falcons, that last week's game against the Saints was more in line with what people thought they would get this year with them, but that team, I've been on them since probably about week five. It's just like, man, something something just didn't look right, and it still doesn't, but, you know, they lost Devontae Freeman, but they had uh, Brian Hill step up. Just a, a lost year for that team. Uh, Vic Beasley st- st- had a great game last week. That was good to see. It's just weird. It's weird how how year to year the NFL is, but this team, the Falcons, is a team that's been trending down. And uh, they remind me of a team that I'll be talking about in a minute. But uh, keeping on down the line, the, the best game of the, of the week, uh, in my opinion, is the Texans taking on the Ravens. Of course, that pits Deshaun Watson against uh, Lamar Jackson. Two MVP candidates. They're 
Seth can have not been on the mark for MVP train for a while, but after what Russell Wilson did against that uh, 49ers defense, I might have to – I said that I had to put him back up in front. Now, Lamar gets the duel against Deshaun Watson. I'm not sure how you don't give it to Lamar again after going up head-to-head with somebody who you know is going to put pressure on his on him because of what he's going to do to that def- to the Ravens' defense. And when the Ravens and the Seahawks played, Lamar outplayed Russell Wilson. So – Yes, what Russ did against that 49ers defense is great, but I've also been a person who was all year saying, well, you know, 49ers hadn't really been tested all that much yet, and just let's just wait and see. Well, we saw they still put up a hell of a fight, and I think Nick Bosa is going to be the defensive rookie of the year, which we'll talk about in a moment. But um, when you look at it, I just think that if Lamar comes out of this one on top, then you kind of have to – I don't know how you don't give him MVP. If he had, he will have beaten two guys who are in the MVP race. Now he would have lost to Patrick Mahomes. So maybe that that's how you, you balance it back out. But uh, I just think he would have done so much. Now, that being said, if Deshaun Watson wins, then he is squarely in the race and you have to uh, acknowledge what he's done. That's a tight one. It's going to be coming down to the wire. But right now, uh, I think after what happened, as it stands, it's Russ – and then Lamar, and then Deshaun, um, pitting the outcome of this game. If if the Ravens win it, I think it's – I personally will go back to – I have a hard time saying it's not now. But I, if it's, if Lamar wins, if the Ravens win, I will be back here next episode talking about Lamar for MVP. So just be warned because the Seahawks are on bye week anyway, so I don't even care. <laughs> um, but if, if the Texans and Deshaun Watson win – you are going to have to be at at bare minimum talking about it being a three man race as far as MVP. Of course, four man if you include uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, personally, I just don't think it'll go to a running back. And again, if it does, then he will have earned it because he's he's definitely putting up massive yardage right now. But I just really think that uh, it's going to be a quarterback. So it's a quarterback's award to lose. Uh, it's become a quarterback award over the years. Last one to run that I think was Ladanian Tomlinson. I believe that's right. Uh, that. that Probably it's not. It's probably Adrian Peterson. Um, so yeah, but if I, I'm rooting for Lamar, I, I really want to see Lamar do well just because of how much uh, he he got all the this the stereotypical switch to wide receiver stuff, and he didn't, and he's now thriving. Love to see it. Stuff you love to see. That's one of those things. Uh, moving on, moving on. Uh, offensive rookie of the year candidate Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals take on the San Francisco 49ers who are coming off their first loss of the season, and they're going to be chomping at the bit to get back in the win column and do some damage to that young man, Kyler Murray. He's better watch out. His line is terrible, and, and the San Francisco defensive line is really good. They did have some injuries. Uh, they lost Blair. Uh, I keep wanting to say DeJuan Blair, but I know that's basketball. And and uh, it's James Blair. Um, and they – also lost Emmanuel Sanders, and I believe they're still without George Kittle. It's going to be tough. Injuries are going to catch up with them. They're going to have a couple of more tough matchups um, in the next couple of weeks. But more importantly, I think we already saw we saw confirmation of what a lot of people kind of were saying about them, and that they're good, but they're not great. I I compared them at the of last episode actually. I compared this year's uh, San Francisco 49ers to last year's Bears team, uh, a team that is. Strong defensively, uh, but offensively limited. Jimmy Garoppolo throws a lot of interceptions. Uh, the stat before the game 
was that they were 32nd in pass attempts, but he was 11th in interceptions. That's not a good stat. That's not a good ratio to have. Uh, and we saw a play out. He, he only threw a couple of interceptions, but he had way more throws that could have been picked off and probably should have been picked off. But they were probably one of those ones, uh, the Mitchell Trubisky syndrome, where the guys are just – the ball is so on point to the defender. The defender just is not ready and doesn't catch it. We see Mitchell Trubisky throw a lot of passes where it's just like, oh, that's a, that should have been a pick, and he got lucky. You saw a lot of those from Jimmy Garoppolo, especially late uh, when they were trying to drive down. Now, he ended up eventually catching his, finding his groove and working them in the field goal range. But the point is that those aren't going to go that way all the time. Trust me on this. <laughs> some to that at some point, which we saw, but those throws are going to come back to bite him a lot harsher than they did in that game, and that's just what it is. And that's what we saw when he got when they faced a real defense uh, in a tough environment. Things got a little bit tighter, and of course, the 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 obvious is they lost uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Matt Breida got banged up. Um, they were without George Kittle. That's all true, but. The Seahawks defense aren't are also aren't incredibly stout uh, in that regard. They're still a good defense. They're still very good, but the Legion of Boom days are long gone. So, for them to uh, struggle the way they did, and for Jimmy Garoppolo to look the way he did, I think again it was just probably it's confirmation bias, but it was confirmation for a lot of people who had already had those kind of doubts. Um, Bengals probably going to remain 0-9, taking on the, the Raiders, who are quietly in position to make the playoffs if things keep going their way. Um, the Patriots take on the Eagles in a rematch of the Super Bowl from a couple of years ago, and uh, I'm not sure. That's going to be a good one. That'll be, that's the other uh, other good game to watch. Just because the Eagles are struggling right now, the Patriots are banged up and, and trying to reinvent themselves on the fly with receivers from Walmart and Target. Um the Eagles are, are half cornerbacks from the other aisle of Walmart and Target. And you just want to, you know, it's going to be a good game. Carson Wentz did not play in that Super Bowl. Obviously, we know the story, Nick Foles, and how he um, led them to a victory, blah, blah, blah. But that's that's one of the few marquee ones and just because of the history between those two, the recent history between those two teams. Um, the Bears take on the Rams in L.A. This will be a game where the Bears are looking to keep their playoff hopes alive. The very slim chance they need to win out and they need some help from Minnesota, I believe, to lose a couple of games for them to sneak in. Um, the Rams are looking to get back on track. They got stunned by the Pittsburgh Steelers who just lost in that wild fashion where they looked completely offensively inept. Um, the Steelers won that game on defense, which leads – Led me to believe I think the Bears, and I, I realize now, I wrote the last word on pro football um, about some of the stats for the Bears and the, and the Rams and how the Bears should attack them uh, on the ground. But, you know, just to keep them honest, because the Rams are really good against the run. But they're going to have to throw. Mitch Trubisky needs to use last week as a springboard, I specifically said in the article, uh, as a way to move forward this week. Because if he doesn't, then they're going to be in trouble. And the season's going to be all but over. But I think uh, it's, it's entirely possible the Rams are not who they once were. Uh, Tiger Gurley is not back he was. He seems to be banged up. They're not giving him the workload they were that they once were. Brandon Cooks has been banged up. Gerald Everett, I believe, I saw was a little bit nicked up this week. Who I think he'll still play. But um, their offensive line is in shambles, and the people who are there are bad. Andrew Whitworth has looked like a shell, like a, a player who's gotten old fast. So. This could be an ugly game a la last year when it was like 13 to 16 where we're just looking at some ugly football, but both of these teams are looking for this moment to get themselves springboard into the postseason. I said before, the Bears are still very much in play for my record of my prediction of 10 and six for them this year. Um, 
that would involve them winning all but one game. Who knows if that makes it to the playoffs at this point because it's some tough competition. But uh, yeah, it, it 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 it's certainly better if they went all went out and to do so they have to do it now and they get a Rams team that as daunting as the matchup on paper when you at first blush may sound it's actually a very winnable game just like the game against the Saints and the Raiders or like the Saints were because the Raiders they should have won. Um, if they if they Keep, maintain that balance that they had and, and the defense steps up. The defense is going to have to do a much better job this week against Jared Goff. Now, he's not a great quarterback at all by any stretch, but he's a much better quarterback, and in my opinion, than a Jeff Driscoll is. And he's got a much better offensive system around him than Jeff Driscoll does. So, and that's an interesting story, too. The Lions with Matt Stafford and his back fractures and how they're um, – they're being investigated by the NFL and he's scheduled to miss another game. I believe it's just, it's just wild, a wild development for a guy who's tough and, and an organization that has enough drama as it is going on um, enough issues on the field to have stuff like this going on off the field. But, and then the, uh, that's the Sunday night game. And then the Monday night game is the chiefs and the chargers. And this one is really interesting because the chargers were a 12 and four team last year, a playoff team last year. And, uh, Obviously, the Chiefs, we know the Chiefs won the division, and Patrick Mahomes was the MVP. But with Mahomes uh, missing those couple games, it's kind of opened the door for teams like the Raiders, who are still above the Chargers, uh, but the Chargers as well, to be able to get back into this race. If they get a victory over the Chiefs here, now it's a three-team race in the West. And I don't think that you can count either one of them out because they can all get hot at any given moment. I do think ultimately it will be the Chiefs, and then maybe the Raiders sneak in with the wild card. Who knows? But – I'm not sure the Chargers get to do it. I think the Chargers kind of wasted their one good one last year. They have so many injuries. If they get a couple of those guys back, I believe they might get a couple back. I'm not sure on that, though. I just don't see them doing much uh, to help them because eventually attrition gets the better of you, and they're just not anywhere near where they need to be um, health-wise. As far as the playoffs go, um, the division leaders right now are the Patriots, the Ravens, the Texans, and the Kansas and the Chiefs in the AFC and the NFC. It's the Cowboys, Packers, Saints, and the Niners. Um, oh, and the uh, the wild card is uh, Buffalo and Oakland are the top two teams in the AFC, and the NFC wild card leaders are Seattle and Minnesota. So, yeah, a, a victory for the Bears helps them push themselves up the Rams down they get right there if Minnesota loses that puts them another step closer the Bears have to win out I'm, if, they, if it comes down to them having to beat Minnesota I feel fairly confident in saying that they can get that done um and it's, this is all going to be about Bears kind of impact um <laughs> by and large I don't see too much shifting um, like I said, the AFC is kind of interesting. You still have Indianapolis there. I think of any of the teams that are are a threat to Oakland making that final wild card spot. That wild card spot it is Indianapolis because of Jacoby Brissett and how he's played this year. But that should be an interesting one to watch. They might have very very talented cast of play uh, teammates around him. Four or three other first round picks. Um, he's the number two. There's the color. There's another number. There's number three next to him. So it's kind of hard to say that his impact is all his own, but we've seen guys when um, for doing less than what he's doing right now, it, it's, I can't, I can't see anybody now. He's got all the buzz. We know it's a lot of popularity that's involved in it too. So let me, let's just go ahead and be clear about that. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think my, my defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, excuse me, uh, would have to be Nick Bosa. I'm I'm really trying to think if anybody other than Kyler is really challenging for uh, offensive rookie of the year. Oh, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. Duh, I'm that's I, I can't believe I forgot about him. I've, I've actually been uh, admiring what he's been doing this year. A fantastic story, by the way, uh, one that I suggest everybody go and, and look up a little bit into. But uh, this year, Jacobs has run for 811 yards on 168 rushes. He's having 90 yards per game, 4.8 yards per carry, seven touchdowns. And, of course, we know that the Raiders are going to punch in the mouth of the run game and they're going to uh, hit you with the play-action pass and they're going to try to control the clock and not make too many mistakes. Um, Derek Carr is among the leaders in – Completion percentage this year, he's having one of his best years. Uh, he's also had some of the the fewest amount of, of wayward throws. So they're having a, a great season. Again, I, I keep having to talk about it because of how closely it's linked to what the Bears have done, what the Bears are doing right now. But the Ravens are looking like they're going to be uh, the ones having that last laugh, and everybody's going to be kind of just like, oh, oh, okay, I guess he was right. So yeah, it's probably between Kyler and Josh Jacobs, and I'm probably biased because I usually support anybody named Josh just because <laughs> stupid reason I know, but it's the truth. Um, I'll probably go Josh Jacobs, but Kyler Murray's the quarterback. Like again, most, so I, they're a little bit more spread out. Both players only had two games where they didn't have at least a half a sack, so that's not a. There's no advantage that they're close in tackles. Um, but Barrett has the hype, so he might win it because of that. Um, Aaron Donald won't be winning. He only has six sacks this year. And I say only, but we know how dominant Aaron Donald is. Um, same thing with Khalil Mack. You know, I have a funny, funny story, and I'm going to move on before uh, I get too involved in this. But just talking about uh, the Bears and Khalil Mack, and a lot is going on about him uh, being underwhelming during this recent streak of play, you know, since Akeem Hicks went down. But what's funny is his, his snaps have increased. Uh, he leads the league in uh, quarterback pressures. And in hurries, or he's top in, in the top in that in that area. This is in the article I wrote for Last Word on Pro Football. Um, he's doing the things that he needs to do. He's just not getting to the quarterback. He's not getting the splash plays, and a lot of that I attribute it personally. And I know it's probably not completely fair because Matt can probably do some more. But like I said, he's playing more snaps. He's doing all the other things. He's not getting the gaudy numbers. And and just this week, up until this week, he was in the top ten for. Uh, Pass rush, pass rush win rate according to ESPN.com. Um, but yet and still you hear people talking that he can't do. You know, he's not doing this in the third. It's just he's not getting the splash plays. And I, I, I attribute a lot of that to not having a, a consistent pressure from the other side coming. Um, Leonard Floyd is just not the, the sack artist that the team envisioned for him to be, despite the slender, you know, the build that he has. Um, he's become an okay all-around player, not – really good in anything he's kind of okay like i say he's an okay player uh in every facet he's not uh doesn't get fooled too much but he's just not he doesn't make the splash plays and especially with the attention the triple teams and the double teams that matt gets you would expect to see something uh from him on the other side now nick williams is taking advantage at least the team is with six sacks but you need leonard floor your high round draft pick who's on a contract in a contract here to step up and uh get things together um yeah, and I know I got a little sidetracked from the Wars races, but yeah. So my my MVP, my MVP is Lamar Jackson. Uh, my offensive rookie of the year is Josh Jacobs, even though I know it's probably going to be Kyler Murray. Defensive rookie of the year is um, 
Nick Bosa. Defensive player of the year is uh, Chandler Jones. Now, that's just my personal picks. I'm not saying that's what anybody's favorites are. That's just mine. I don't really care what their favorites are. That's who I'm picking. Bad. <laughs> um, last story in the NFL side, Colin Kaepernick will be having a workout uh, this Saturday. It was scheduled by the NFL. They sent out a list, 11 teams listed uh, as who will be attending. That's not important. What's important is that he is appearing to get a chance to get back in the NFL. I hope it's all on the up and up. And I tweeted out uh, a couple days ago, by the way, I never gave out my handle. Uh, follow me, please, at Twitter, at Josh G. Buck. Um, Facebook, at Jukes and Jumps. The website is jukesandjumps.wordpress.com. And, of course, if you need the email, hit the email, jukesandjumps at gmail.com. I tweeted out, that one thing that's clear about this is nobody's opinions have changed on him or the NFL. But the one thing that we all agree on is that nothing about this seems to be all on the up and up. People are questioning why is it on the Tuesday or the Saturday, not a Tuesday when all the workouts typically are. People are asking why, what, uh, why was it set up for him? Why didn't the teams ask if they're not so interested to go into this workout set up for him? Um, I saw an idea floated about that maybe they didn't want the optics of being the first ones to reach out because of their fan base, but now the NFL is making them. That's their excuse to get to go. It's just all sorts of sketchy all the way around. Um, I hope he gets a chance. He says he's going to be there. He says he's been ready for three years. Um, I had a friend who said he looked like he's been he's put on a little bit of weight around the middle. You know, who knows if he'll be able to uh, to uh, be as effective as he once was. I just think that. Uh, Anytime something like this happens, you kind of just have to take it in stride. Um, Kaepernick, I believe, made a decision he was comfortable with. I believe he would have been uh, not saying preferred, not saying that at all. I know he deserve. I think he deserves to have a job. I think, and I don't mean that he deserves to be on a roster. I think he deserves to have an opportunity at a job. That's what I'm saying. Um, you have to, you have to earn your job. That's fine, but I think he deserves a fair shot to earn a job. Um, but I think that if he wasn't, if you, if the, the only outcome of this all was that he had to keep on doing his activism and then fight or keep trying, just stay ready for a job. I think he would have done that as well. But I do think that he is looking at this as a chance for him to get back, and he's looking to take full advantage. And I'm just, man, I just hope that they are really giving him a chance. And this is just not an excuse for media purposes to come back out and say, see, we went to go see him, and he missed this one throw out of. Uh, X amount of throws that he made all the others of, but they're going to showcase one. That's the one thing I don't hope. That's the one thing I hope doesn't happen. Um, we'll see. But again, that's just one uh, one of the many storylines coming out of this week. A big one before the games. That's what another sketchy part is. You know, everybody's getting ready for the game. Scouts are at college games. Pros are getting ready for Sunday. It's a weird time, but you know, take it a try, like I said, and just hope for the best. But you gotta, at this point in time, just be suspicious of everything, I guess, is the best one, best way to put it. That's which is which sucks to have to say, but it kind of is just the sentiment of it all. Um, switching gears, switching sports altogether to the uh, NBA, and we're going to start off with an interesting story. Um, the Clippers lost to the New Orleans Pelicans. That's not the right graphic. What am I doing? Um, the Clippers lost to New Orleans Pelicans, one twenty-seven to one thirty-two. Uh, Paul George's return to action from his shoulder injuries um, 
he played 24 minutes. He was 10 17. He had 33 points, nine rebounds, four assists. He did have five turnovers and he had five fouls. No Kawhi Leonard in this game, but the Pelicans, the story is that they beat the that they lost to the Pelicans. The Pelicans were without Brandon Ingram. Lonzo didn't play. You know, they're still without uh they're still without um they're still without Zion, obviously. But Jaleel Okafor didn't play, Josh Hart didn't play. They 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 get thirty six on them. Derek Favors scored twenty. Reddy scored nineteen. Etwan Moore had fifteen. Fred Jackson had twenty three off the bench. Like, yikes! Um, back to the Clippers. I, uh, Paul George had the thirty three. Lou Will had thirty one. Montrez had uh, eighteen. Rodney Magruder had twenty off the bench. But the next person after that was Mo Harkless with nine. So you're gonna need more contributions than that. Obviously, they would normally have Kawhi there, but without him. It's rough, and it's one of the things. This is goes back to what I was talking about with the Lakers on the last episode. The Clippers are going to look bad during regular season. Kawhi sitting out already. They're seven and five right now. Um, Kawhi sitting out, and people are like, "Oh, you know, he's already taking games off, and it's so early in the in the season." Um, as they sit seventh in the uh, in the West, while the Lakers are sitting there, perched atop the the. The, the the conference making me look silly for saying that they wouldn't do as good in the regular season. I still think that ultimately when they start resting more that they will uh they will fall down a little bit only slightly but enough that it, you know people will wonder what's wrong with them and there'll be nothing they'll be resting for the playoffs. But cl- similarly with the Clippers I think they're just being proactive and they'll win enough games to make sure that they're in and comfortable in the playoffs comfortably but they're gonna prioritize long term health and that involves them sitting games like Kawhi did tonight. And that's just what it's going to be. I just think that both of these teams are built more for the playoffs and that they aren't going to not necessarily not prioritize, but they're going to make sure that their priority is the postseason more than the regular season. Um, The next game that was interesting and only for, for humorous purposes was the Knicks taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Chris Stapps Porzingis returned to Madison Square Garden. He was roundly booed, but What's funny to me is that the Knicks beat the Mavericks 106 to 103. And why it's funny to me is because the Knicks also beat the Bulls in the first time that they met uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, they beat the Bulls in New York the first game. They lost the second, the, the rematch, but they beat the Bulls uh, the first time around. If I could find it, I can never pull it up. Uh, where is it? There it is. They beat him uh, 105 to 98 with the late surge. Bobby Portis went and uh, went off late in that game. Um, what happened the other game was they saw uh, Kobe White go off on them. So, you know, payback, well, whatever. But it's just funny that the Knicks are not going with any former ties to the organization or for any player on the, on the team now, whoever they used to be. That's cool. I think that's something I admire about the the – the mentality of the team, Julius Randle said, you got a bunch of tough guys who aren't going to give up or not going to quit. So it's a ragtag bunch. It's like 27,000 forwards. Um, the story about them, you know, rumored to be looking to get rid of David Fisdale. Listen, if they want to get rid of David Fisdale, I know exactly where David Fisdale can come and have a warm welcome and have a, a nice young team with some pieces that he can utilize. You know, some nice Midwestern town, you know, big city living, you know, it's not New York, but, you know, you know, Chicago, you know, not not advocating for anybody to get fired. I'm just saying if there's a vacancy that becomes open and Fisdale happens to be on the market, wouldn't mind seeing him come to the Midwest. Just that. Wouldn't mind seeing him come to Chicago. Let me just say that. As the coach of the Bulls, got to make sure you get clear when you put things out in the ether. 
you can't just be out here letting things happen all willy-nilly because then you end up with random coaches that you, you know, whatever. I'm getting sidetracked. Um, the Suns also got back to their winning ways. Uh, they took on the Atlanta Hawks and won 128 to 112. The Suns are an interesting case because um, that I've, I've, I personally trashed this organization for the draft picks that they've made, for the way that they um, – just that they didn't seem to have any direction with what they were trying to do. They lost DeAndre Iden for 25 games. Um, they just came off that loss, like I said, to the Lakers, 123-115 in that one. Um, but the Suns are legitimately sitting here trying to be like an actual team. How dare they? You know, you got to have some farm systems, and if they don't have the farm systems, then you don't really got no jokes. And <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're, they're second right now in their, in their division, 7-4. and four. Uh they beat the Hawks 128-112, as I said. <laughs> Kelly Uber back to scoring 30 points. Uh, Devin Booker had 27. They got 23 from Dario Sarge, 19 from Kaminsky off the bench. Cameron Johnson had 15 off the bench. They're playing well. And Cam Johnson, like I said, that was the, the pick that made me kind of uh, – kind of laugh at what they were doing. And he's had some rough games, but as a shooter, as far as the shooter goes, I mean, he, he does well. He gives you some rebounding, too, so that's a plus. He hasn't shown very much playmaking, but he also doesn't do too much in terms of the ball over, so that's a good thing. Um, it's just it's still so early. It's hard to announce, anoint them as anything other than a, a having a really good start, but they are having a really good start. So that's one thing that I think that um, is it, not necessarily getting overlooked, but something that we got to make sure we don't overlook because they are really uh, – the Suns are showing some signs of maturity. The Ricky Rubio edition helped a lot. But um, I think the, the biggest thing, like I said, a grain of salt, admire their hot start, but just realize, again, everything can change by the midseason, and we'll see what happens when they start getting into the dog days. Maybe some more injuries hit, who knows. But if they get Aaron Baines back, or Aaron Baines, if they get DeAndre Ayton back and they start, and they're still playing like this, then look out because they could be a really, a really dangerous team because they can score, and they'll be able to score in a multitude of ways. So this is one to keep looking out for. Um, not the last, but one of the last topics because the last game actually I wanted to, to talk about was tonight. The last game of the night, the Nuggets beat the Nets one hundred one to ninety three. And what's really important about this game, real quick, the stats from it: uh, Kyrie had seventeen. That should tell you a little bit where we're going with this. Um, Jared Allen had seventeen. Uh, Torian Prince had uh, Jared Allen. I'm sorry, Jared Allen had seventeen and ten. Torian Prince had 12 and 8. And then you got uh, 17 from Spencer Dinwiddie and 10 more points from Zanzan Musa. Kyrie was 8 of 20. 1 of 5 from 3. Torian Prince was 2 of 11 from 3. Spencer Dinwiddie was 1 from one for 7 from 3. Gary Temple was 1 of 5 from 3. And Joe Harris was 1 of 4 from 3. Joe Harris has been kind of off a lot lately. Um, so that's one that that will have to be monitored going forward. But they, this team, I knew they wouldn't be the championship contenders that I expect them to be next year when they have KD. But for them to be as disjointed as they, as they have been is really disappointing. Um, I'm a fan of Kyrie Irving's, and I'm a fan of of the Brooklyn, the Nets, of what they've done with their organization. But it looks as of right now that they've kind of trashed it off for nothing. Now, maybe it's because they did move on from D'Angelo Russell, but – and and he just not necessarily he was a better fit, but it's just uh, not where the the 
chemistry's just not at the same level yet. I'm not sure. They're four and seven right now, fourth in their division. It just doesn't look like it looks like Kyrie is the issue, and that wherever he goes, not necessarily like he just can't be the the, the man, and he can't. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just mean like his 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 skill level is that of a Nightwing. Like I said many times, he's not Robin, but he's not Batman. And he can be a great sidekick. He can help you take over a game at times, but he can't be the, the main guy for an extended period of times because it's just not going to end well for him or for the team. He ends up having poor shooting nights or he ends up uh, you end up losing the game, usually both. Um, that's why he needs a KD. That's why Paul George needs a guy like Kawhi Leonard, a guy who can close, a guy who can be watch this game from the locker room, pops. And then he gave him the call me sign at the end of it all. That was the best part to just to just the coup d'etat, you know, the coup d'etat. The uh, um, the uh, cherry on the top, you know, was was just it just it was just a good moment to see because I know also probably he probably thought about that with time. I'm gonna just leave it. You know what? No, nah, he sent me. He 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 sent me packing. Get him out of here. And they did. It was just one of those things. And it's a moment that you can't uh you can't pass up. I, I remember uh, being a kid going to Universal Studios with my pops and getting on the Jaws ride. And not knowing it was a Jaws ride, thinking it was just a boat ride around the park and getting the ever-loving bejesus scared out of me and then stopping and running off to the little slushy stand. And I went to the slushy stand worker. The slushy stand worker said, what's going on? And I remember turning around, looking at my dad, and I pointed him out like he was in a lineup. And I was like, he's mean. <laughs> he's mean to me. Now, you could say, oh, you know, he was scared you hurt. No. It's not that simple. See, I wanted the free slushy, and I got the free slushy. Moral of the story is, folks, when children have an opportunity to get back at their parents, they're going to do it. That's all I was getting at. I told that story to fill up some sound and let you know that the father-son dynamic is such that when the father and when a son gets a chance to get back at his father and get a little even with them, the first thing he's going to do is do exactly that. That's going to do it for this week's episode or this episode of Triple uh, Zeros. If you want to get at me, please do. On Twitter, I am at Josh G. Buck. Uh, on the Facebook at Juice and Jumpers, or at Juice and Jumps, uh, the Gmail is at Juice and Jumps at, at gmail.com. Of course, the website is Juice and Jumpers at WordPress.com. Read my, my stuff, man. Uh, Pippin ain't easy for the Bulls blog, for the Bulls information. Uh, last word on pro football for Bears coverage, and of course, Juice and Jumpers at WordPress.com for sports in general. Until the next time we talk, which will be Monday night, Tuesday, I'm out. Dashy Buck, triple zeros.